and welcome to Stand Tall, my podcast show. I look forward to sharing interviews and talks with and about people that create change, make an incredible difference and walk their talk. Everyone has their story, so stay with me as I hear about the layers of excellence in all walks of life. My next guest is Jimmy Choi. Jimmy was diagnosed with early onset Parkinson's disease at 27. He became depressed. He gained weight. He needed a cane to walk. Then he fell down the stairs with his three-year-old son in his arms. Enough was enough. Jimmy changed his life. Since that time, Jimmy has participated in multiple clinical trials to further research for better treatments and hopefully a cure for Parkinson's disease. Physical therapy led him to running and other activities that help him physically and mentally. He joined the Fox team in 2012 and ran his first marathon that year, and he hasn't stopped since. In July 2017, he took on a new challenge and competed in NBC's American Ninja Warrior to show the world that Parkinson's will not stop him. Kimmy travels the country using his celebrity to inspire others with Parkinson's disease to embrace physical fitness to manage their symptoms. He tells them to exercise with a purpose. He challenges them to try different types of exercises, things that scare them. He is living proof that exercise can transform the lives of people with Parkinson's disease. Jimmy now maintains a very active lifestyle, having competed in over 100 half marathons, 15 marathons and one ultramarathon, six Grand Fondo rides, multiple Spartan races and countless 5km and 10km runs. To date, he has raised almost 500,000 for Parkinson's research and Team Fox and counting. Welcome, Jimmy Choi. How are you, mate? I'm doing well, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, really well. I'm really inspired by your work you've been doing, and um, it's a great honor to be able to talk to you this morning. Thank you for taking time. Of course, it's my pleasure. How's the how's the virus in your town? I understand you're in you're in Illinois. If correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm just outside of Chicago, about 20, 20 miles southwest of Chicago. And that, uh, things here are, I mean, but as far as the virus is concerned, it's it's um, we're on. Everybody's on a lockdown. Um, but it seems like we've got it well uh, in control in terms of our our towns or our city's ability to to handle uh, from a from a hospital standpoint. But you know, it's still still rampant, still around. And um, one thing I've learned about the United States is each each state is governed by their own governor, and it's, it's almost a self contained unit. Is that is that right? Um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, the, the federal government has uh, guidelines for all the states, um, but the but each state also has um, their own rules and guidelines. But overall, anytime the federal government can can supersede any state, but yeah, basically, we have been left to our each governors to lead our states in terms of what exactly each state is doing in terms of the for for the virus. And Illinois, um, does that, in the north of Illinois, that, that, that joins the Great Lakes, is that right? Absolutely, yeah. Chicago is right on the, uh, right in the south, southwest corner of the Lake Michigan. 
Beautiful. I've never been there. I'd love to go there. Yeah, if you come by, we'd love to have you visit for sure. So, Jimmy, what, what, what constitutes a day in your life? How do you, how do you, how do you, you know, in an average day, in um, your average day, how, how, how do you navigate through that? Um, you mean pre-virus or, or now, post-virus? <laughs> I think, well, we're living, in, we're living in modern times, so probably post-virus. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, my day starts, everybody's at home. Uh, I live with my wife and my two kids, um, you know, starts like, like, it, like everybody else, I guess we get up in the morning and we get the kids ready for school. There's still, there's still uh, online e-learning here that happens here in Illinois. Um, so I just still got to make sure that my kids are up. I still got to make sure that they're fed and ready to go for the day. Um, so, you know, my day consists pretty much of taking care of the kids, um, and getting my workouts in exercises has become a key part of my life as I'm sure we'll discuss. Um, and then on, on, on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, I actually lead, uh, exercise classes online as well uh, via zoom, of course. Um, so we, we work out with a whole bunch of people all across uh, the world, actually. People join me from Argentina. People join me from New Zealand. I've got people joining from, from the UK. Um, so I spend a lot of my time planning exactly what those uh, workouts would look like. And, of course, my activity levels for the day. I, I, I have to make sure that I'm getting enough for myself so that I can operate and still maintain a good balance with my family life. The family life is so important, isn't it? It absolutely is. I mean, they are they are the reason why um, I do what I do in terms of pushing forward and trying to live my best uh, despite having a Parkinson's diagnosis. Uh, because if it's not for if it's not for family, who else, right? That's right. They're an, they're an integral part of each one of our, each one of our wellness team. A very vital part in that. Absolutely. Tell me about the moment you decided to take control in your life. How did that feel? Um, well, it, that that when that moment happened, and um, basically what it was nearly, uh, it was probably, to be honest, I would say it's uh, seven or almost eight years after my initial diagnosis, um, and I did nothing in that first eight years, and finally that moment hit when I was carrying my son, who was only ten months old at the time. And we fell down the stairs. Mm. Um, there, there, it wasn't like a moment of epiphany, right? But really a, a moment as I was laying down on the ground, my wife and my daughter witnessed the fall. I kept my son as safe as possible all, all the way down the stairs. Um, it was just, a, it's just a, a thought process that went through my head. This can't be my life. This can't be the way that I am going to help raise my family, my kids, and help my wife raise my family, we, I, I can't have the burden fall entirely on her. I have to do something. And I didn't know what it was at that time. Uh, but I just, all I knew is that I, something had to be done. Mm. What, what were the qualities that drove you at that time and that continue to drive you now? Well, I mean, the, at that time, the person I the person that I was at that time and the person that I am are two different people. To to be very honest with you, um, I was depressed. I was angry at that time, um, 
just mentally not in a not in a good place to certainly care for myself or my family or anybody else. Um, to be honest, I had given up. You know, up until that point, I had given up. And if it wasn't for that realization that because I gave up and I've now put my my son in danger, and and who knows what other types of situations I can get my family into. And that's, it was completely selfish. It was, it, I, I can't, I can't have that burden fall um, outside of my own responsibility. So, so the, and real, the person I am today is, there was a real go sense ahead. loyalty to your, to your family and a real sense of uh, commitment to your family, which was a, an overpowering quality, which, which initially drove you. I mean, absolutely. I, I, and I think the realization at that point is is really what started the transformation. Okay. Now, a lot of people always ask me, how, you know, how, how do you get to where you are today? Um, now, let's think about what I've, what I've already said is that this transformation started in 2010. That's 10 years ago. Okay. Um, so I've gotten to where I am today. It didn't come overnight. It's 10 years in the making. It's 10 years of, 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 uh, adding on and really pushing my boundaries from you know one one area to another and really just focusing on what can I do that's better for myself for my family for everybody around me um, so you know to compare in terms of my mindset compare where I am today versus where I am back then it it, it really can't be compared because back then I had to focus on how do I first get myself uh, educated and how do I first get myself, my mindset in the right place to get involved, to, um, really start trying to get a grip of my diagnosis. Because up to this point in my first eight years, I did nothing. I didn't really educate myself. I didn't really understand the disease. I just took a pill and I just let it go. Um, but today I know a lot more and Certainly the things that I do today, I can't have done, I couldn't have done uh, back in 2010. So, uh, it, it, and, and this goes to, a, to my, really what I'm trying to say is that as you're living with a disease, you it really has to be, your thought process and your, and your mindset has to be continuously evolving. You can't just say, oh, today I'm going to do something about it. And then that's going to be it, right? Because today you do something about it and then you'll get better at it. And then it gets easier. And then what do you do? How do you get to that next level? How do you find that next gear, that next step to take? So you constantly have to evolve and, and move, which I think I've been able to do in the last 10 years. And I think the challenge for us, us younger folk with, with PD is the fact that the face of the Parkinson's is constantly changing. So... What what may work with with one in one sense may not work in another sense. So, and each one of us is is, is, is totally unique in the way that we we handle our um our outlook on 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 the on the disease. And that's absolutely true. And that's why we keep trying things, right? Just because you fail at something um, doesn't mean you give up. Doesn't mean um, just because something worked for somebody else and you try to do it and it didn't work for you, doesn't mean you give up looking for answers. You keep looking, right? So that's a good point that you made there. And it's important for your listeners is that uh, if they do get into a situation and they're, they're seeing someone else doing something well and 
but they try and they can't do it. That doesn't mean they give up. There, there's got to be ways uh, an individual can find to help themselves, right? And again, it's not like, just like you said, it's not the same for everybody. I remember talking to you via email a few months ago and we, we, we discussed the, how the, the protein and, and eating can affect the, uh, the efficacy of the, of the pills. Since that time, I've taken it to a little bit of an extreme. I've been, I've been, I've been really f- working on my fasting and diet during the course of the day, so much so that I'm only on one meal a day now in the evenings, and I find that the efficacy of the, of the, of the, of the um, medication is much better now, and I, and I really um, – that won't work for a lot of people, but it seems to work for me. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, it's, again, it's finding, it's finding the balance. So, um, one thing that I've done in the past is I've actually track what my medicine does for me in terms of how I felt, um, like 30 minutes from the time that I've taken it and before and after I take the meds, what do I feel like? What activities I'm doing, um, before taking my medicine, what did I eat after taking my medicine? And then over time, as you start to develop uh, the data behind it, you would be able to see exactly uh, what trends there are in terms of certain activities requiring more medication or certain foods uh, at certain times may slow absorption of the medication. So it, it's a lot of trial and error because you know one, one thing that works for you isn't necessarily going to work for me. So it really takes a lot of uh, dedication and time and um, your willingness to find out exactly what's going on uh, and, and to track all of these things for you to find the best course of uh, method for you, whatever that might be. And that takes, that gets back to the qualities I was talking about, the, the qualities that each one of us is confronted with, the self-discipline, the self-control, the drive to want to be, to be better in this, to be a better person and to set a stand in front of the people around us. Yes. And, you know, I think when I tell my story and a lot of people have can relate to this story because in the beginning, like I, as I mentioned already, I gave up, right? Um, a lot of people who are faced with a diagnosis, um, they do give up, unfortunately. But now, how do you turn that around? Now, now, if you continue to do the same things that you did before you were diagnosed, um, you eat the same things, you, uh, you participate in the same types of activities. If you continue to do the same thing, knowing that your body is changing due to a diagnosis, but you don't make the change or the commitment to make change, then you're doing the same things over and over again. And if it wasn't working for you before, it's not going to work for you moving forward. So really... That's one of the messages that we need to get out is that, um, is that if, you, if you don't commit yourself and be consistent with that commitment, you aren't, you're, you're really just spinning your wheels and you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, very good point. Let's jump forward now a number of years. I first saw you on Ninja Warrior. Before, we'd, I'd even known much about Ninja Warrior, but I really enjoyed the American version of that. You really got me in and challenged me to think and dream about what is possible. I think that you've had that same effect on many people. So let's talk about Ninja Warrior for a minute. How did you stay sure. focused 
especially when there were so many competitors. What was what was your mindset with that? It just which is a matter of processing you. You look so confident and in control in 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 your uh, in, in your physical side. What was going on in, inside? Well, so the story about the whole American Ninja Warrior and how that became is that it actually did that because my my daughter dared me to do it. Um, so the first time I competed was back in 2017, um, and since then I've competed three times. Uh, you know, and the first time I I, I attempted. It was really because my daughter dared me to do it. She loved the show. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, uh, she, you know, she trains and she competes in the, in, in the kids' circuit. Uh, and every time the show would come on, she would say, Dad, you can do it. You can do it. You can do this. And, and I mean, and that's the thing, right? She's never grown up knowing her dad without Parkinson's. So, um, and because I kept myself fit, uh, basically in her lifetime, um, she believes that I can do anything. And that's, and, and that's, that's wonderful. Uh, so she dared me and said, look, you got to do it. You got to try out for it. And because the first few times that she asked me to do it, I gave her excuses just like anybody else would. I'm not strong enough, right? I don't have the balance. I don't have the upper body strength. I, hey, I have Parkinson's and I actually use that. I told her that. Um, but then I realized, hey, what kind of example am I am I setting if I keep using these same excuses? Um, and what is she going to learn from this? So um, so then I decided, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go for it. And and I did. And I went into it not knowing what to expect because I know how she trains in terms of obstacles. I learn really from her. So in my initial beginnings, I learned from her. She's the one that was teaching me based on how she's moving and the things. And, and one thing that I learned really quick, and the one thing that I learned really quick to help me out through the rest of the way that I live my life with Parkinson's is that you are going to fail, right? You're not going to get that obstacle the first time you try it. It's going to be hard, especially during training. So you are going to fail and it is okay to just keep falling and keep falling and keep falling as long as you get your ass back up, right? Get your butt back up and get back on and trying to complete that obstacle. So when you ask me, you know, how do you maintain calm? By the way, I was not calm. I was a nervous wreck. It's just, it just looks that way on the outside, but inside I was a nervous wreck. But once you get out there and and you jump on, or and, and I, when I get on the course and I jump on the obstacle course, there's really nothing I can do about my situation at that time except to trust except to trust my own body. Whatever it's capable of doing, I didn't know until I actually went and just do it. I gotta trust my training. I've gotta trust everything that I've learned about myself and how I moved and just let it go and stop thinking about, oh, I could fall here because of PD, or oh, I could I I, I could lose my grip here because of my my tremors. No, forget all that. Just get out there and try to get through it. So, you know, that became my mindset. And since that first time I went on in 2017, I've gotten stronger. I've gotten better. And the obstacles have gotten uh, harder and harder as, as we've gone along. But really, that I think that mindset has continued to help me compete at that level um, is to be able to go out and not afraid to fail, not afraid to try things over and over again until you get it right. And then once you do get it right, you're learning something about yourself. So that's that's kind of the mindset I've taken since. 
and the mindset that I'm taking going forward. That's so great. And that's, that's a really good, that, that folds over into your everyday life as well. That, that's great. So how, how do you prepare and how, how do you safeguard against the, the off times and the medication if you, if you do suffer from that? Um, of course. I mean, just in, in any given day, um, I think my, my on and off times are 50-50. So if I'm awake for 14 hours, seven of those hours, I'm off, right? It is not, it is not you know, uh, just because I'm taking medication and just because I'm, I'm doing all these exercises, Parkinson's symptoms never goes away. It's still there, right? And I still have to deal with on and off periods. But you just have to make the most of what you're able to do when you're on. And then even when you're off, okay, doesn't mean you stop doing what you need to do, but it's okay understanding that it's okay that you're not going to be performing as strong or as quickly or as efficiently as you would if you were on. It's okay not to perform as well as long as you still go out there and do the work. And let me tell you why that's important. I've gotten myself in situations where I'm either I'm running a marathon or I'm running, uh, you know, in those uh, those Spartan types of uh, obstacle course races out there where you run for miles and then you get on obstacles. I've gotten in situations where I've dropped my meds. I've gotten situations where because it's raining the whole time, my meds melted, right? And water got into my, my, my pouch, it melted. So I have to complete whatever it is that I'm doing, okay? And this could be everyday life. This could be just driving driving to your friend's house, right? And all of a sudden you hit an off, an off period. You need to know exactly what your body is capable of doing when you are off, okay? So if you continue to train, even though you're off, you're gonna know what your body is capable so that you can make the right assessment and the right safety calls for yourself when situations like that arise, okay? So one example is that this, uh, in 2016, uh, I was attempting to ride a hundred mile bike ride. So it's a uh, hundred um, mile bike ride in under five hours. But when I was training for that, um, I have to take my medicines because it takes five hours to ride a hundred miles. So mm-hmm. I have to take my medicines sometime during the ride. But I've learned that, uh, and, and during training, I, what had happened is actually I took, you're, you're going um, 20 miles per hour and, and uh, you go ahead and take the medicine out and you're trying to take it and your bike is running and you're moving because you can't get off. And I lose all of my meds to the road and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going 20 miles per hour. So all that medicine is gone, which means now I am about uh, 15 to 20 miles away from my next checkpoint where I can get more medicine, where I can stop and rest and, and, and get myself straight. But now I know that for the next 15 to 20 miles, I have to go without my medication. So had I not trained doing that, I would, have not, I would not have known whether or not I, I could be able to handle that situation, okay? So, you know, when people ask me about my off times, yes, it happens just like everybody else with Parkinson's, but that doesn't mean I'm sitting down and, and resting, right? It means that uh, even during my off times, if I'm scheduled to have a workout, if I'm scheduled to have, to, to, to play with my kids. If I'm scheduled to, to meet somebody, I'm not canceling that event unless my safety is, is, uh, is, is compromised. I am not going to cancel. I'm going to go ahead and get, and get through it regardless of how I feel at the time. 
again, simply because I need to know whether or not my body can handle it. That's brilliant, Jimmy. Again, that, that relates to the, even the most smallest of tasks, like choosing not to sit down on the couch when, when, you, when you're experiencing an off time and getting out there and getting on with your life the best you can. That's so great to hear. Yeah, and one, one, one example is uh, one time I was watching my daughter and she was at practice and uh, she came up to me and, and I, was, I, I was just sitting there watching her. I'm not participating in the practice and um, I was in an off period, but then she handed me her, her necklace. She said, oh, my necklace broke dead. And it was, it was the chain had broken and the chain had come off from the pendant itself. So she handed it to me and she goes, um, can you fix it? So here I am, I'm completely off. I'm tremoring. And then just imagine, right? Just trying to trying to get a really small chain into the eye hole of a pendant with tremors, right? <laughs> as, as, a, as a person with Parkinson's, you know how difficult that can be, but yeah. you know what? She's at practice, right? I'm just sitting there watching her. I got nothing else better to do. So why not try to complete this challenge, right? I, I have to admit, any, any other person would have taken them less than a minute to do because simply putting the, uh, the chain right back into the eye hole, but it took me over 17 minutes, but you know what? I sit, I stood there. My safety was not in danger. I had time. Um, I didn't, you know, no one else was a, a, around where I can just hand it off. So why not try to complete that challenge? Why not see if I can, if I can or cannot do it? And yes, it's trivial. It doesn't really matter. It's just dependent. Um, but I did it. And then there's a sense of accomplishment once you, once you do it, right. There's a sense of accomplishment and it tells you exactly what you're capable of doing. If my life depended on it and I need to get it, I need to get a chain through an eye of a pendant. I know it's going to take me 17 minutes ish or somewhere about that to do it. So now I know in the, and I'm obviously I'm, I'm, I'm using this as an example, but now I know in the future, if, if my safety does depend on it, I know how much time I need and I know to make the assessment whether or not I can complete the task with or without asking for help. That reminds me of just how difficult sometimes doing up my, my cuffs on my shirt. Uh, oh yeah. That in itself can be quite a challenge. Uh, do you yeah, take meditation or less uh, due to the amount of training that you do? Uh, I'm sorry, Andrew, can you repeat that? Do you take extra medication or less due to the amount of training that you do? So before I answer this question, I got to say I'm not a doctor, right? First of all. Uh, second of all, everybody is different in terms of how, they, how, they, how the medicine works for their body. So I will tell you my experience, but certainly anybody that's listening, don't change the way that you take a medication without checking with your doctor first. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think we, we all got to say that it's, it's because when it comes to medication, um, the side effects can be can be dangerous. So therefore, I must make that statement. Now, to answer your question, um, remember I talked about earlier about tracking my medication, about what activities I'm doing, when I take my medicine, 15 minutes after, 30 minutes after, 45 minutes after, how I'm feeling. So because I did that and because I'm still doing that, I know exactly what certain activities require from me in terms of my medication. So um, when I run, I have to take a dose every hour. Every 60 minutes, I take a dose to, to keep myself in good 
um, and, and good performance form. So if I run a marathon and it takes me three hours and 40 minutes, I've got to take my medicine four times almost. When I'm cycling every 90 minutes, when I'm strength training every 90 minutes, when I'm swimming every 90 minutes, when I am uh, uh, doing high intensity intervals, uh, it's every 60 minutes. Okay. So because of the records that I kept, I know what my body demands in terms of my medication for me. So, and you know, coming back to your question, that's how I, you know, that's how I'm able to make adjustments. I shared this data with my doctor and my doctors, you know, gave me the okay to go ahead and take extra medication when I need to, uh, just so I can complete these tasks. Um, in the regular day when I'm just sitting around and, you know, walking about the house, I take medication once every three hours. So that'll give you an idea of, of um, you know, what it takes to sustain the level of activity that I do. Yeah, that's great, Jimmy. To actually get out there and, and to become a public figure can be quite daunting for a person with PD. How do you manage that? Um, how, how have you managed that? So the it's, you know, like going out there and speaking, as you know, stress and anxiety uh, increases your symptoms uh, or, or increases the the um, intensity of your symptoms, such as tremors, right, and things like that. Um, because the more, the higher the stress level, the worse things get, right. Um, and to be honest, your the, the the level of anxiety that you that you feel at any given situation is really how comfortable you are with that situation. Um, in the beginning, when I went out and spoke in crowds, um, you know, I think this is something that everybody with Parkinson's have done in the past is you grab onto that podium with all your strength to keep yourself from shaking about. You stick your hands in your pocket, right? Or if you're sitting down, you're sitting on your hands. Anything not to show, um, show that, you know, how bad symptoms are, especially when you're in a high stress situation, especially in public speaking. But just like anything else, um, when it comes to being in public, being in the public eye uh, and training and everything else is that the more you train yourself to do certain things, uh, the better you get at it. You, again, I'm going back to the trust your body, trust what you're able to do. Okay. Um, if you aren't confident in the way that you can perform in any certain given situation, you're going to be more stressed. So therefore, I take um, my, my experiences in speaking to the public. Every time I go out there, if I feel something different, if I feel something, I'm, taking, I'm making a mental note of that and I'm working on that, whatever it might be, okay? So now speaking in public isn't so scary anymore. And if speaking in public isn't so scary anymore, then um, there's less stress in that situation. And if less stress is that situation, then you're not showing as much of um, the, the exaggerated symptoms that happens when, when there is stress and anxiety. I always say that when you start something new for the first time, right? Uh, you, it, it's new, it's, you get nervous, but then when you do something over and over and over again, it becomes routine. And then when you're doing something that's routine, you don't get nervous, you just do it. So fortunately for me um, now, whether or not it's in training, whether or not it's in speaking in public or, or, uh, or making appearances and things like that, um, it's become more and more routine for me. And it's, and it's just something that you have to keep in mind uh, is that 
whatever it is that you're doing, if you want to get better at it, you gotta, you gotta train for it. You gotta, you gotta prepare yourself for it. If you think about what, what you've done and what you've achieved and the impact you've had on other people's lives, is there any one thing that really stands out for you, Jimmy? Um, education. I think that's, that's the bottom line. That first eight years, I, I knew nothing about Parkinson's other than the fact that I had it and that I thought I, and what I thought I knew was that it was for old people and that I was an anomaly. Um, but educating myself and knowing the sources that you're getting your information from, uh, is, has been probably the number one, uh, key, because if you don't know what you're dealing with, how are you going to fight it? Right. Um, and then right alongside with educating yourself is forming that is, is that, is that inner circle, um, the people you're, that you surround yourself with your support system, your support system, isn't going to be uh, a group of strangers that you see once a month, um, in a, in, in, in a, uh, in, in a support room. Right. And they, they, they can be helpful. Yes, but they're not your base support system. They're not the ones that are going to be there at three in the morning when you need them. They're not the ones that are going to be there. Um, you know, when, when, when you're just at your absolute lowest point, they're not the ones that are going to over that, that are going to overlook past your symptoms to see who you really are because they just simply don't know you. So forming that inner circle, having that, that care team, okay. Um, people that they're closest to you and have their support uh, it's crucial. So I think everybody that I know that's living well, the disease has that. And it's really just that, that group of individuals and the group of people that, that really meshes with them and that, that really understand what's going on. Um, and that's crucial along with education. Just off changing the subject quickly, Jimmy, I read that you love to cook. Yes. Uh, cooking is one of my hobbies. Um, and it was actually a career before it became a hobby. Oh, really? Uh, at, yes. At, at, at one point, um, I, my family and myself, we, we owned uh, multiple restaurants. And uh, working in the kitchen was one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but then because it was around that same time, 2010, uh, that uh, I was forced to get out. I was forced out of the business simply because my symptoms were just my symptoms, my mindset just wasn't there anymore. I just can't, I couldn't handle it. It's a high stress, it's a high stress job, high stress situations that you put yourself in on a daily basis. I just couldn't handle it anymore. So I, I, I left that business. But um, at the same time, you know, my love for cooking is still there. So I continue to do it for my family. I continue to do it for myself. Um, I don't do it commercially anymore. Uh, Again, and then that, re that, that removes all that stress, that removes all that pressure so that I can still do it and I still enjoy what I'm doing. Um, so I continue to do it. So, so we're not going to see your MasterChef anytime soon? Oh, no, 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 no. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like my fingers and I like to keep them all. <laughs> and what else do you do in your quiet time? Um, you know, to be honest, my quiet time is spent being active. Um, I work out, you know, in my, my formal sessions are about three separate sessions a day. And then when I'm not working out, I am with my family. I am making, I'm, I make all the meals for my family. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to stay 
as as connected to my kids as possible, even though they have their friends and they have each other to play with. Um, but I'm constantly looking for what that next challenge is going to be, where it's going to come from. Uh, always looking for ways to to get engaged. Um, looking for ways to to really learn something new, right? Because we're, we're you're, you're you're always told, um, you know, oh, people with Parkinson's, they you gotta be careful. You 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 know, it's hard for you to do X, Y, and Z. So I'm always looking for these things as challenges and how I can take that to the next level and showing people that it's not impossible. It might take me longer to do it than other people. It might take me longer to learn certain skills. It might take, I might do it in an unorthodox way simply because of the way my body moves. Um, but it's not impossible. And that's really what I do in my spare time is I look for things to challenge myself. And I, I continue keeping my body and my mind moving in all times as much as I possibly can. So do you have any, anything in your sights at the moment that may be your next challenge? Um, well, my next challenge is, is, is to get even further, uh, you know, than I have in, on, on American Ninja Warrior. So when things are back to normal in the U.S., hopefully they'll give me another chance. Um, so that's that, that uh, I'm always shooting for. Um, you know, there are other things that I'm cooking up. Uh, you know, I stopped running marathons uh, because I can focus, so I can focus on American Ninja Warrior training. But you know, maybe I'll, I'll I'll pick it up. But you know, I don't do just marathons anymore. I I do them with a, with a little twist. Like this past October, I ran a Chicago marathon, but I did burpees along the way. Ended up three, doing 351 burpees. Um, yeah, during during the marathon. So you know, maybe I'll do another marathon, but I'll up the challenge in some way. I'll do something else. Um, again, just looking for ways to just taking things to the next level, whatever it might be. There's a couple of world records that I got my eyes on. Um, you know, maybe I'll shoot for one of those and see if I can break it. Even though I even even though I have uh, Parkinson's, see if see if I can break a couple of world records, fitness world records. And your live stream we'll classes see. are they? Your live stream classes are they kind of open for anybody or, or are they just mainly for people that are involved with, with the, the ninja workouts? No, no, this is for anybody that wants to come in. I mean, obviously everybody's at home, so I don't expect everybody to have things to hang on and fly on. Um, so it's all body, it's all body weight exercises. Uh, it is all calisthenics based. It is high intensity in its nature. Uh, so anybody who wants to join, please, I, I, I invite everybody to join it, you know, Parkinson's or not. Uh, in fact, the people that I work out with, uh, I, I think I average probably about uh, anywhere between 50 to 70 people on each session. Wow. And the people range from beginners all the way up to uh, elite athletes, to be honest. Um, you know, we've had, I've had uh, uh, Olympic athletes work out before with us. I've had other Ninja Warriors worked out with us. I've had people with Parkinson's work out with me in the same session. Um, so really it's designed for anybody. And you know what I always say is that come as you are, uh, doesn't matter how fit you think you may be or not, uh, come join, just have fun, give it your best, challenge yourself and, uh, really try to make the most of the session. That's, that's all I ask. And how, how does one make contact with you, Jimmy, to, to, um, organize getting involved? 
Um, so you can find me on Facebook uh, at JC Fox Ninja. That's J, my initials J and the letter letters J and C and then Fox, F-O-X, Ninja. And then Instagram as well, same thing, at JC Fox Ninja. Those are the best places to find me at. Um, anybody wants to shoot me an email, that's uh, that's um, perfectly okay as well. It's Jimmy, J-I-M-M-Y, at thefoxninja.com. And I'll leave those details in, in, in your bio and the, uh, the podcast introduction as well. Yeah, thank you. And I, I might even have a bit of a go at it myself. Oh, please. I would love to have you join one of my classes. It is at 8 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So tomorrow, 8 a.m., your time. Um, so tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. at your time, you can log into the Zoom. And you'll see it on my, on my Facebook or my Instagram uh, page. Uh, it's the same Zoom link every time. You you can join uh, a couple of brothers and sisters in New Zealand that joined me. Had, they, have, they have been joining me every week since the start. So they've been with me now for six weeks, uh, and they're they're in New Zealand. Uh, um, but they've they've logged on at uh, I think it's nine a.m. their time or eight a.m. their time as well, and they've joined me for these sessions. So I would love to have you on. That's awesome, Jimmy. I've really got a lot out of this chat this morning. It's been awesome. Thank you very much for spending time with us, and I'm sure a lot of people find a lot of fascinating listening time um, from your from your your absolute gems. So thank you, Jimmy, and I look forward to speaking with you in the near future. Yes, thank you very much, Andrew. It's been a pleasure, and um, you know I look forward to, to to more discussions and more chats with you in the future as well. Wonderful. Thank you, Jimmy. Yep. Take care. Stay safe. Stay healthy. As you are a regular listener to my Stand Call podcast show, I'd like to tell you about an awesome discount on my Stand Tall book. Just go to www.northstarmartialarts.com.au forward slash shop forward slash Stand Tall and put Stand Tall one word lowercase in the coupon field and you'll only pay $20.